On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, we get you ready for the 33rd season of Orlando Magic Basketball. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jeff Turner, and George Galante preview the upcoming season of Magic Basketball. We also take a look back and recap training camp under new head coach Jamal Mosley, who had his preseason debut against the Boston Celtics on Monday night. We will recap the atmosphere, the terrific atmosphere up in TD Garden in Boston, and also what it meant to David Steele and Jeff Turner to be courtside again during a road game calling an NBA basketball game and the excitement that was in their voices and in that building for the preseason debut with the Magic and the Celtics. What's in store for the Magic this year? And lots of optimism, lots of youngsters to be excited about. We hit it all on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. This is Jonathan Isaacs. This is Mo Bamba. This is Cole Anthony. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. And this is the Pod Squad. And welcome everyone to another installment, the season debut of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. It is our pleasure to be with you, Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jeff Turner, and of course, George Galante. And oh, we've got a lot to get to. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking... Don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. This is groundbreaking stuff, guys. We have David Steele and Jeff Turner coming to us from New Orleans, Louisiana. That's because last night they were in Boston, Massachusetts, sitting courtside, calling a live road game for the first time in 18 months, right? Since March of 2019. Guys, it was great sounding. It was awesome to hear the energy you guys had. How did it feel to be back live courtside at a road game? Oh, Jeff, I, I think we, we just kept kind of looking at each other like, this is so good. You know, this is, this is just the way it, you know, it should be. It's the way you do, do broadcasting. It's the way you do events, sporting events as a broadcaster. Um, it makes all the difference in the world to be there, doesn't it, JT? To feel the energy, see all the play. You know, your field of vision is complete. Um, after a year and a half of doing games uh, on a monitor in a bunker, it felt it felt really good. It did. There was a there was a lot of lot of fist bumping during the broadcast. Like it's like you just couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, but yeah, I think all those things. Like you know, you forget. Like uh, a couple of times, Dave and I talked about. It, it's like the the field of vision. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it would be a big thing. But, you know, when you're limited to just what the camera shows you, um, you know, it just it just changes things. You're you know, you're able to catch so much more of the game, what the coaches are doing, what's happening away from the basketball. And then, you know, the energy in the building, you know, like there's nothing like being in the TD Garden in Boston, even for a preseason game. Those people were they were hyped, man. They were, uh, they were all in. It was a competitive game. And so, um, it was just a lot of fun, perfect way, uh, to kick off the season. I think I was going to tell you one, just one little example to what we're talking about. And I, this was a thought that occurred to me before the game started because we're standing for the national anthem and we're just standing there courtside. And, um, you know, a year ago in, in the bunker, we never would have seen any of this, you know, we'd have been in commercial break. And it's not a big deal. This is a little thing, but that there are hundreds, hundreds of these little things that you, that happen over the course of a broadcast. I just looked over at Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner as they stood in the line during the national anthem, just to check their body language. You know, they're how are they nervous? Are they twitchy? Are they, 
Is, is their head bowed? I, you know, I don't know. Those are just, sure. you don't even use that in the broadcast, but it's just, uh, it's just things that you absorb by being in the building. And I'll, I'll never take for granted again, um, being live and in-person broadcasting games. I, I don't think I had any kind of appreciation for how valuable that is. That's a great point. And you could feel the energy, George. I don't know if you had a chance to listen. It was radio only. Um, Boston did telecast, did televise the game. So if you had league pass, you could watch that. But, uh, you know, the first tell the first telecast for Valley sports, Florida will be on Sunday, the 10th, but there was a definite energy with, with these two guys. And, and for the first road game in a year and a half, we knew what was happening because they were there and they could watch it. <laughs> well, I actually, I actually was, I was, I was opposite. I was watching on league pass. And I didn't, you know, what I should have done is I should have turned the, uh, you know, done the old trick, turned the TV down and yeah. turned the radio up. But I kind of wanted to hear, you know, I, I, I tend to hear you guys talk about our team all the time. And I sometimes like to get another opinion or, you know, hear somebody else's voice. And I would say that Mike Gorman and Brian Scalabrini spent the first uh, at least quarter and a half telling everybody how excited they were literally just to be broadcast, broadcasting a game again. They said it over and over and over. And it's like, they didn't care what happened on the play. They were just happy to not be 35 feet above the court and behind a sheet of plexiglass. Like they were, they were just so excited to be there. And I'm sure, you know, there was times where I just was, I was wanting to make sure you guys were down low. Like they said, they were going to put you and I saw you yeah. guys and I, I just kept, kept an eye out and looking to see how you guys were. And there's a couple of times where the camera, you know, pans the bench or whatever and, and catches a glimpse of you guys. And you looked very happy and very content. I just want to say that you looked very happy to be there. We were a little nervous when we arrived, Jeff, weren't we at about what time we got there. <laughs> we wanted to make sure we got there early enough to listen to coach Mosley and, and coach Udoka, their pregame comments. So we get there at what was maybe five twenty for a seven thirty game. Yeah. And, um, and, and our, we thought we were broadcasting courtside. That's what, you know, Dante and, and you, George, you know, you guys assured us, Jake Chapman. Yeah, it's all set up. It's all good. So we get there to the table and there's a blank space where we're supposed to be. And there's <laughs> nothing there. There's no oh, person. No. There's, it's two hours before tip off. So, uh, but I know that we have a veteran guy that we've hired. I know yeah, the guy because sure. he was, he was a guy that I worked with when I did radio 25, 30 years ago, um, Doug Lane. So um, I knew I, I knew Doug. If he got there thirty minutes before tip off, he would right. be able to, to pull it all off. And about ten minutes later, Doug showed up, so we were good. But I have to say, we were a little nervous, weren't we, JT, when we got there and saw a blank <laughs> space. The whole press row was filled with equipment, and our two little spots where we were working, there was not one one item broadcast related sitting there. Oh, and then you know, I mean, we haven't. We haven't been in uh, these arenas and everything. So it's like, so you're looking for, okay, we've got to find a, where do we go? A comfortable place, right? Well, what's so the like, first, what's the first thing you do? You find where the bathrooms are, right? That's, yeah, exactly. that's job, job number one. You don't <laughs> know where the bathrooms are. So we decided, okay, well, we'll that's go just in we'll life. Boston, Boston media yeah, exactly. room. We know that, right? There's always lots of good food, get some clam chowder mm -hmm. and everything like that. We go to, it's all new there's it doesn't look anything Ooh. like it the nope. the bathroom that's normally was there right outside it's gone i don't know where it oh. went. so now we're looking uh, for bathrooms and food yeah you know that's it so that's the two things i spend most of my life doing 
food and bathroom. Game notes. Game <laughs> notes, David. You, had, you hadn't eaten or notes. gone to the bathroom in about an hour and a half. So you got to find the next. You got to make sure you're covered. You'll find wow. that as you get older, those things get very important. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And and George, like, you missed. Every, George, you missed the line of the. You missed the line of the decade. The radio line, maybe, okay. maybe in, in in sports radio history, because for those that don't know, we have we don't have a studio, right? So these mm -hmm. radio road broadcasts have to originate from somewhere. So Mike Spricensky, our our engineer wizard, outfitted Jake Chapman at his house. In an office in his house is where every road game will originate from. And right before halftime, David said, Jake Chapman will be back from the Apopka Rental House Spare Bedroom Studios. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was. I was dying. It was That's accurate, though. Very accurate. Yeah, yeah it was uh, accurate. But everything went off without a hitch. But, guys, I, I, I would imagine – like riding a bike, getting back on the plane, on the buses. Oh, what, what, what part of that has changed for you? Um, what, what do you think, Jeff? What's changed? It was fairly normal. Um, yeah, fairly normal. Su surprisingly, we, you know, you're wearing a mask everywhere on the buses and the hotel lobbies, and um, so that that's really about the only thing that's different. George, I know last year they had more buses because there had to be social distancing, right? That's what we've heard. Yeah, we had four buses last year everywhere. we went. Even coming off the plane, we had four buses. And I think we're back down to two, right? Are yeah. we back down mm -hmm. to two buses? So yeah. a little more a little more normalcy there. So that'll be nice. But you yeah. will find when you go to these other arenas, like things have shifted. Because <laughs> I know even at our place, things are going to, you know, things are going to shift because you have to, uh, one of the one of the new requirements is we have to arrange for some type of room for the visiting media to to have their you know as opposed to under normal circumstances if we were on the road I would just bring the coach out into the hallway everybody would you know huddle around the coach and then our locker room would be would be open for the players well the locker rooms are not open and you have to stay somewhat of a distance from uh, your, you know, from a scrum situation. So you, you know, so our media workroom, for example, is turning into the visiting area for lack of a better term, because we couldn't, because our, our building just doesn't have another room where, where you could do that um, as big and nice as the Amway center is, which it's just not anything convenient to the visiting locker room. So you'll, you'll even notice that on Sunday when you guys come home from this trip, that uh, that our our workroom will have a little dif different setup than it normally is, and I think the food situation is probably going to be different as well. And there's a lot of things that are going to lot of have to be different for the time being. But the bathrooms are in the same place. Bathroom, yeah, I can't do anything about the bathroom. The bathrooms are exactly where you, where you left them. So the visiting the visiting uh, Zoom setup, they're going to love it when that ice cream machine kicks in. Yeah. On the, uh... <laughs> I think we're going to have to unplug. I think we're going to have to unplug the ice cream machine. I think we are. I think we are. You know, David, there was a concern and, and Jeff, you too. I, you know, I guess now that you find out that you guys can broadcast from an empty arena out of necessity because of COVID, I know there was the, the concern that, well, that might be what teams do moving forward. You just might make the decision to not have broadcasters go on the road. Can, can you guys just touch on, why it's so important. I know you did a little bit, but why it's so important to be there and why that, why that would be make your jobs even harder. Go ahead, Jeff. I know you, you've got, oh, I know we've talked about it a lot, so I know you've, <laughs> you've got good thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the, the benefit of being there and seeing the game live and, and using your own perspective um, to, to, to call the game. Um, but there's so much more. I think as broadcasters, one of the things that, um, you know, people want is we've got to be current. We've got to, we've got to know these guys. Um, we've yeah. got to develop relationships. And we can't do that if we're traveling. Uh, I mean, if we're not traveling, if we're not around them. Um, just this trip has given us a chance to, you know, we've got to introduce ourselves to all the assistant coaches, um, right. and get to know a little bit about them, you know, and, uh, you know, not that we'll use, you know, their family situations or anything, but we, we develop a relationship a little bit, you know, you, you begin to before games, talk to the coaches, uh, you know, maybe about players, uh, you know, different things that happened in previous games. It, it just all happens. And, you know, you know, what was funny last night, uh, as well, um, before the game, David and I are sitting at the table and all three officials come over to say hi to me and David, and they're they're just excited, you know, that yeah. we're back yeah. in the building, and you know that now we can have conversations with them as well. So, you know, I, I just doing it from a studio, uh, it just it just doesn't work, I think, for the broadcasters not to be like that. Did we do it? And people will say, well, they didn't right. tell the difference. We knew the difference, right? Sure, and I just sure. feel like last night, I just felt like, you know, David and I are rolling and we're, you know, um, we're into the game, the, the energy. Um, it's just better. I, you know, David, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm assuming you'll echo all of that, but it's just, it's just better when we're there. You know, you pointed it out. I think that's where you were kind of going in the beginning, Dante, that there was a fear, I think, all of us in the NBA and probably all around broadcasting, uh, all sports, there was a fear that it would it would sound so good and it would be okay yeah, to such right. a degree that uh, there might be some maybe some financial benefit and, uh, you know, the rights holders to, to keep broadcasters um, away from the arenas. But um uh, you know, and, and I think that, you know, you can, you, we definitely showed that we can pull it off. I mean, there's no question about it. If you have to do it, uh, it's, it's certainly doable and, and it sounds okay. It sounds, it sounds good. You can, you can make it work, but um, I don't think there's any doubt. I think everybody agrees and especially uh, broadcasters certainly agree, but I think what's been heartening is that um, the rights holders seem to understand that announcers need to yeah. be in, in the buildings too. So I think in most cases, teams are trying to get their announcers back out with, with their ball clubs, uh, recognizing how, how important it is. So uh, that's a good thing. So we did it. We're glad we did it. We, we know we can do it, but um, let's don't ever, we don't do ever want to do it again. Let's don't ever do it again. <laughs> George, again. At, but George, at the end of the day, you know, we're all going to be salty broadcasters, right? So we give this till what, February, this excitement? This new I give it till I give it till Thanksgiving. I give it till Thanksgiving, and then and then and then they'll get sick of you know what what it already happened right guys. What time did you guys get into New Orleans last oh, night? Oh, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I didn't turn the light out till it was three fifteen Central Time. Ooh, I guess three twenty. That's Central Time that was, too. That's a that's yeah, a doozy of a night. That's a late. That's a long. Does night. that hit you different after eighteen months? Does that hit or is it like riding a bike? No, he had a no not really. <laughs> <laughs> like riding a bike, like riding a bike with no seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that crashing into a, a wall. Little, 
little bit of news, guys. And, George, you guys all know this, but I, I won't be traveling this year except for a couple of road trips. So it's going to be a little bit of a change for me. We have a beautiful brand-new studio in Tampa. Um, so the decision being made for, for me to go there and host the pre- and post-game shows. And, and not we won't, you, won't have, you won't have a sideline reporter per se on the road. So those great walk-offs and things like that, Jeff will be getting those combination of, of Jeff and David. So a little bit of change. For us on the telecast so that's going to be strange for me guys I, you know i haven't missed a road game in quite some time it's going to be it's going to be an adjustment and i, I it'll be strange for me I'll, I'll miss not being out there with you guys i won't miss nine days in sacramento whatsoever but there are <laughs> there are a lot of things that i'll miss <laughs> oh i'm you- sure i'm sure that's the case we we miss you already dante yeah um, we do we we sat this morning at cafe dumont sipping our coffee oh, and eating beignet and we, we just thought, you know, Dante needs to be here. You know, he yeah. would he would add to the morning, and we, we missed you already. And you too, George. You know, George travels a lot too. George yes, and Joel correct. split the trips up. So I'll um, be there soon We'll enough. see George. Soon yeah. enough. Yep. Well, at the end of the day, we, and I know, and I miss you guys, and we'll get out there. We've got some trips planned already, and, and we'll get back out there. But, guys, at the end of the day, we had a basketball game. We had our first game of the season. It was kind of the debut of – Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner and Jamal Mosley. And I'd love to start there. You mentioned JT, the assistant coaches. It's good you met them because when it's all said and done, really, that's the only group of people that will talk to us uh, in, the travel, <laughs> in, the, in the travel party. So it's good. It's good to establish those, those relationships. But how did Coach Mose do? How did the coaching staff look? What were you guys' thoughts on, on kind of how he navigated himself through his first game as a head coach? I thought he did pretty good, David. I, I mean, I thought, um, you know, I think he had a plan going in. David and I were at shoot around. So, you know, they, they kept things simple from an offensive standpoint. As you guys know, um, they've spent the majority of the, you know, few days of training camp. Uh, defense has been their emphasis. And I think um, I think Coach Mosley, uh, based on his postgame comments, was pretty pleased um, defensively with uh, some of the progress that they had made. Um, you know, they, they were very aggressive, a lot of deflection. So I, I thought that was good. I thought it was very good, David. I, I don't know, but it, every time I look down, Coach Mose is sitting quite a bit. So that's going to help us a little bit. He's not a, for you. He's not a get up and walk the floor guy. Uh, he kind of <laughs> stays around the bench. So, you know, we like that. He doesn't really spread out. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> preseason though division. guys preseason maybe yes was a little laid back <laughs> george and i differ right. on this uh, you know george would have had the lakeland guys in there the entire fourth i say go for the w you know first game it would just seem like a great energy in that building would have been a lot of fun i'd have been tempted maybe to not play those guys at all but he said go the whole fourth quarter that's a, well that's the Juggling act, isn't it, George? You, he did a great job of getting everyone in the game. I think, you know, it's the first preseason game. We have another game on Wednesday night, you know, and I think as we get closer to yeah. October 20th, obviously we're going to get into the, you know, closer to what our rotations are going to look like. And I think for the first preseason game, you got to get all 20 guys out there. If you can, you know, like obviously we had injured guys that couldn't play, but everybody that's on the roster has got to play in that first one. You, know, you got to put guys out there. I, I was, I was more, I was actually surprised to still see some guys out there in the fourth quarter. Um, but at the same time, I, we've talked about this, uh, David and Jeff and Joel and I talked about this the other day. I still think the coaching staff is trying to figure out what these combinations are going to look like in regards to 
these are our starters and these are, this is our second unit. And I, and I think it's the way the roster is made up right now. And the way that the injury situation is with, you know, you know, Jonathan's not going to be back for a bit possibly. And Markel's not going to be back for a bit possibly. So what do the five, you know, what does the starting unit look like? Does it look yeah. like Cole and Gary at the backcourt or, or does it Jalen and Gary, or is it Jalen and Cole? Like you have so many different combinations, Terrence, you have so many different combinations you can go with. Right guys, like you don't really know right now what our, our I guarantee you our starting five will be completely different on Wednesday. Yeah, I think he'll try some different things. I think the uh, you know the the Boston game. I think he set the starting five up because he wanted to have some uh, some veteran guys in with Jalen and Franz, right? Like so, having Terrence and Gary in there next to those guys gives them, you know, some guys that have some experience that can score the basketball. Um, so I think that worked for him. Uh, but I think you're right. I think he, he, he could, you know, totally change that up um, Wednesday against New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Dante, you know, George, that it's the, the thing about putting the, the guys at the end of the bench in it with five minutes left, you know, yet from a coach that my first thought was, yeah, well, you don't know, like those guys have worked hard in camp. Sure. They've been there. Um, who knows how long they're going to be on the roster. They're going to have to trim it down. And it may be the end of this week for all we know. So you want to get them in. But uh, that wasn't the case on the Boston sideline. They didn't get those guys right. in. Uh, you know, Udoka was going for the W in his first win. So um, it felt I, I think like go- with the fans, it felt like with yeah. the fans, with Udoka, with everything yeah. going on, it felt like. They, that meant a lot to them. To not that it yeah. didn't to us, but it felt yeah. like that. It had a feeling and a sound like it meant a lot to them to win that game, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. I, I, you're Coach Mosey, right? That's about all you could ask for in your first preseason game. Yeah, David and I talked about it this morning. There would have been a benefit, I think, of having those last five minutes for to, to navigate that, to learn how to play in those clutch. To have the guys are agreeing with me. You yeah. guys are agreeing so, with me. There's a benefit there, but on the other side of it, you know, as a coach, you got to, you know, it mm-hmm. is, you know, let's just totally. say you, you, you're going for the W and, um, you know, and, and so and so turns his on the board. And rolls the same. You know, we're we're like, what the heck are you doing? It's just a preseason game. Preseason game. He's already got him out there with three minutes to go rolling his ankle. (laughs) No, totally. No, we totally, we totally get that. We totally, and it's, it's great. I think it's fun to see. With 5'11 left, I believe that was what the clock was. That's when Jamal pulled it. We were up five points. And I thought for sure that Udoka, he had six guys over there that hadn't played. And they played, I think he played 12 or 13. We played 15 or 16. So he made the decision. I'm talking about Ime Yudoka. He made the decision right there that he wanted to win that game. Yes, he did. You know, I, th- I think I think ordinarily, to your point, George, it's the first preseason game. You got to get guys in. He didn't do that. We did. I think probably if you ask Jamal, Jamal might have been expecting Yudoka to do the same thing, you know, and <laughs> finish out the game like that. But he didn't. He wanted to win it. And I tell you what, my adrenaline was going pretty good because that, that it didn't really tick me off. But I thought, you know, he's Boston's trying to win this thing. The crowd's into it. This would be so great if these guys yes. could just hang on and get the yes. win. Teske hit a big three. He made yes. a couple of really nice passes on backdoor cuts. 
and the, the bench, all the players, again, you're, when you're in the building, it's totally different. I go back to than being in a studio broadcasting the game, but we got caught up in it. Our players were standing. I Every player on the bench was up cheering and the guys on the floor were just working so hard to win the game and not let one slip away, you know, because they knew, you know, they're the third, it's the third unit. They know they're up against Boston's second unit pretty much, which by the way is chock full of solid NBA players. That was a pretty good team that was on the floor. So I was really hoping we would pull it out, but you know, I understand both arguments. I don't think you're, you're wrong either way, but uh, I was just hoping we, we, I was hoping we'd win that game. That's all. And I'm sure that he was too. Great. And I'm sure Coach and it doesn't mean anything, guys but it just would have felt sure. good at the Absolutely. moment. And listen, I'm sure he would. I, I think we can all agree. The one thing we were not rooting for was overtime. I think we can all, <laughs> right. we can all agree <laughs> well, there, right? It was a, that, it's a one-point game, though, George. So you, you, uh, you never know. Somebody gets fouled. Some, something <laughs> yeah, right. happens. Like, I, I just no over preseason, no overtimes in preseason. You got to you got to figure it out after 48 for me in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. Those of us that were flying to New Orleans after the game didn't want to. Yes, attack. that's right. No way. That's right. No way. Well, give us some insight. That. Give us some insight, guys. I mean, I, I love – no one loves way overreacting to one preseason game more than I do. I love it, right? I think we've got, we've got the whole thing figured out, right? We know who's going to be good and who isn't. But we've got a little bit of a body of work. You guys went to every training camp, the practices. Like, kind of give us uh, some behind the scenes on maybe some guys that stood out to you uh, that, that, you know – you. You never, you, you never got to watch training camp last year. So this must've been fun to see all this. Oh yeah. I was, uh, I, I was, I was just impressed with the, how organized the team was. Um, I was impressed with how they really bought into what Jamal has been preaching and the coaching staff. I mean, th- these guys are all in that. That's what you like about it. I I'm with you, Dante. It's, you know, it's kind of hard for me. I I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimist at heart too, you know? And um, so when I saw what happened last night, it's really encouraging to see yeah. those guys play so hard and so well together because, as, as we all know, we've seen a lot of NBA games. If you can get a team to buy in and, and, and really be pulling all in the same direction, and if you can get a team that does that and plays really hard with tremendous energy and, uh, and, and enthusiasm and they're all on the same page, you can win some NBA games. I mean, you, you can be a pretty good basketball team. It's the classic example for us is the, the heart and hustle team. Right. Uh, Jeff right. and I were talking about that this morning. There wasn't an all-star on that team, but uh, it was just a bunch of guys that played well together and they liked each other. They liked playing together and they played hard every single night. So that's what we saw last night. If, if Jamal Mosley, who's a great communicator and a great motivator and his staff, if they can catch that, then we're going to have a lot of fun this year. So it's, so it's only one game, but last sure. night was encouraging. I, I'll say it was encouraging. Jeff, what are your thoughts? No, I, I agree, David, with all that. I, I think that's, a, you know, a, again, there's a lot of similarities, right? Other than from that hard and hustle team, you know, you've got a, a young coach, Doc Rivers was in his first year, another great communicator that really uh, was selling uh, the concept. That's what we're seeing with uh, Coach Mosley and his staff and everything. I, I think this year for us, you know, obviously, you know, and I think for the organization is we have so many young guys, so we want to see growth, right? We want to see individual improvement, team improvement. And and I think those are some of the things that, you know, for me that I, I want to keep track of and kind of 
you know, bring to our, our viewers is like, okay, you know, point out those kind of things. And, and for example, so last night, you know, if you ask who stood out to me, if you, you look at it, and I made the point on the broadcast is like, I really thought that Cole Anthony did some really yeah. good things last night. You know, what we saw last year from Cole, we know he's got this bulldog mentality. The kid can score, right? Um, but one of the things he got himself in trouble with a lot last uh, year was maybe over-penetrating at time, getting himself in situations where he couldn't make the next pass. I thought he controlled the game when he was in there. He got everybody involved. Uh, and then when, um, then when it was his time, when he got matchups, you know, down the stretch when they were trying to switch with Ennis Cantor on him, I mean, he took <laughs> yeah. full advantage of it, right, and got himself to the rim. He got knocked down a couple of big threes with that, that matchup. Um, so those are kind of the – I mean, it's one game, obviously, but, you know, David and I talked about it from your freshman to your sophomore year in the NBA um, – you know, what kind of improvements are you going to make in jumps? And that was one that stood out to me. I thought, you know, and, he, and Cole's talked about this, right, that he's learning how to change speeds a little bit, not just going 100 miles an hour all the time. Um, so, I, you know, those, that's one thing. And, you know, those are some things I think that we'll try to highlight during the, during the year as the season progresses. You know, it's interesting, Jeff. I, I, I've seen all the pictures. I, I was at training camp a couple of times as well, and I've seen all the pictures since then and the videos. There seems to be just a, a youthful exuberance about this team, and it's almost like they don't know what they don't know, right? <laughs> Everybody in the world says they're going to win 22 games, right? And and when you look at on paper and this and that and the guys that we have hurt and this and that, you know, you, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue that they probably won't win a ton of games, right, when you look at it. Is there something to be said about these guys don't know what they don't know? Like, that, can, can that can that get you anywhere? The fact that they all get along, they're going to play hard every night, they're going to hang their hat on defense. Can that can that surprise some people? How far can you go with it? Uh, you know, man, it's just up to them. It's like how you know, and it's twenty three games. George says, "Well, we'll get to me. We'll get to me." <laughs> eventually they're young right and so yeah, sure. yes they you know they they don't know what they don't know but you know it, it really becomes down and there were there were times um you know where things are going well but they just lose concentration for a split second i, I remember that the kick ahead to aaron neesmith uh in the corner right in front of the magic bench knocks down a three just didn't get to him right just you know got a little excited and uh, didn't get to him uh, and and uh, Jamal was upset about it, you know, quick timeout, you know, and, and really kind of regroup, refocus. And them. to make it to, to follow up on your point, you guys made that point on the broadcast. And I thought that was awesome. You, you wouldn't have had that if you weren't sitting there at that. Game, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, an 82 game season when it's just about energy and effort, you, know, you guys know sometimes it's you know when you're traveling having energy is 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 tough yeah. um so you know i i think we're going to take some lumps obviously it's hard to yeah. win in this league when you're young um but i think if you've got that if if you've got the energy and the effort for the most part i think it's a it's a fun group to watch and i think you do get caught up in all of the you know, their excitement and things. And I think that's good for us. I don't think you're going to see a tight player rotation with this team. I, I think 
Coach Mose is going to be uh, amenable to, you know, maybe on a consistent basis, a 10-player rotation in a game where, you know, nobody plays huge, huge minutes unless you have a hot hand maybe. But, you know, you just keep fresh legs in there and, you you know, you keep the pressure on and you try and try and keep the, the score down. Like last night, uh, if you looked at all the scores last night in the preseason, ours was the only game with both teams that were under 100. Boston is a pretty good basketball team, and they were trying to win the game. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were at the top of their game yes. last night. And, right. you know, we, 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 we hung right in there with them. So it is only one game, but I think last night it may have been a model of what, what we can see because I think, you, I think Coach Mosley, I wouldn't be surprised if he uses a lot of players because, you know, we don't have that star talent. We have on, on any given night, any one of our guys could, could get a hot hand and could be the guy that leads us to victory. So it's going to be different. You know, Coach Clifford, he, he had veterans. He had Booch. Fournier, right. Gordon, uh, he, we had a player rotation, Ross off the bench to provide punch. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a formula that worked for Steve Clifford and his staff. This is going to be a different formula this year. I All right, George, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's not, I'm not going there. I'm I'm not, I'm listen, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and fool you and say, well, cause we sure. played a one point preseason game against Boston. We're going to, uh, we're, you know, we're going to fight for that playoff spot. Of I'm course. not going there. I, I did think last night that it, the games that we're going to potentially win, and I don't know how many that's going to be, but the games that we're potentially going to win, and you guys can argue this if you want, it, the games have to look like they did last night and they, and they have to be low scoring. And I think we have to play with energy. And to David's point, I think that's where you're going to see 10, 11 guys play for us, not only because we don't have that star, but to keep that energy level high and to keep what we're trying to do, I think you're going to have to get as many bodies on the floor during the season as possible. And I think, I think we saw what our formula was, to potentially yeah. win any games we're going to win last night. We didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the floor. When you look at it, we shot 40%, but we made, but we were 17 of 42 from three, which is excellent. So True. we hit right. timely three and we hit big threes. It was threes that, you know, pushed leads from two to five or leads from three to six. Or if Boston was making a run, uh, Mo Wagner would hit a three or Mo Bamba even hit a three, you know, like it was, it, they were timely makes to where if you saw a Boston run coming, uh, we immediately answered with a bucket. Now we could, now we could go five, six trips in between there with, a, without getting one, but it seemed like anytime we needed a bucket, even, even Admiral Schofield hit a three pointer when John they were Teske. making that run, you know, John Teske last night. So I, think, <laughs> I got a Kapaya. That's hard to yes. do. That's hard to do. But I think that's the formula that the mat like the games we're going to see that the magic could potentially pull off wins are going to be games like that, where the energy is high. We're making timely threes. We're making a, a good amount of threes. Um, and I think early in the season too, is when the magic can try to get some wins strictly because, you know, maybe other teams aren't ready for what we have yet. They don't really know what our rotations look like. They don't know what, uh, Franz Wagner can necessarily do, or, or, you know, like they'll, they'll have their scouting reports, but it's the games early on in October and early November that are the ones that are there to potentially steal. I think that gets harder to do 
mm-hmm. in, in December and January and February when we're seeing teams maybe for the second or third time or scouting reports have gotten better on what we have at that point. So I think your keys for any wins are the, the style of play that we played last yep. night and getting as much as you can in those in those first two, three weeks of the season, trying to get as many of them as you possibly can. Cause then when it comes to January, it, it might get it might get a little dicey. But think of the point. challenge of what you're talking about, uh, those early season wins based on our schedule. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Not Tough. good. But you get, but those are the ones you may steal. Like those yeah. are the ones no, you're right. listen, somebody New York comes in high off a playoff berth, and maybe they look at the schedule and go, ah whatever, Orlando, that's a win. Those are the ones that maybe we can, you know, steal. Now, if you steal enough of them, you're not going to be able to steal as many as you could before, but uh, we'll see. We'll just have to see right when the, when the ball gets tossed up there, what happens? You know, was there a feeling guys, you, you, RJ Hampton, right? Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs since high school, these guys have not played in front of fans in front of packed arenas, right? These guys have not been in full NBA arenas. Was Could you feel the energy from them? Is there something that are those guys that you think are going to feed off of that as we continue to go? I could tell that there was a, a, a high level of excitement, especially with the young guys. But, you know, this is an energetic uh, group. It's a young, pretty much a young group, um, except for Terrence and Gary in that starting lineup. I mean, even Wendell Carter, he's, you know, he's play, he, he plays with a high motor. Um, and I, I was really impressed, too. I thought Mo Bamba. Uh, showed us, uh, you know, a motor that he, he's he got to have to really be an impact player. He was pretty terrific last night. You put those two together the way they played, that's a pretty solid 48 minutes of, uh, of basketball at the five position. So, uh, and then you got Robin Lopez, who's, a, you know, a solid guy that, that's sitting sure. ready to go. And we know that he plays with great enthusiasm as a veteran too. But yeah, I thought the, I thought, I think the young guys did feed off that crowd. I, I really hadn't thought of that, Dante. That's a good point. Those are young players that haven't played in front of big crowds for several years now. And, um, you know, a, a freshman year at Gonzaga, there were small crowds all through the college small season. Crowds. A weird year. He was a high school player before that. That's a really good point. He, uh, you know, Jalen, I think Jalen is, he is a, I, I, he's a competitor. I love watching him battle Marcus Smart. What a great first matchup for Jalen Suggs. Um, yes. who's a bulldog, you know, and a, and a feisty fighter and physical. And, you know, who exemplifies that more in the backcourt in the NBA more than Marcus Smart? They had that one incident where there was a loose ball and they both dove simultaneously to get it. I thought that was emblematic of, you know, of Suggs and Smart. And the, the fans are going to really like Jalen Suggs and the way this team plays. All right, two more things, and then, and then we'll get out of here. But I had – you know, you mentioned Mo Bamba, so we can go there. Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. These are two guys that are up for an extension, right? I think you have till October 18th to reach some sort of a contract extension. And then if not, you have to table it uh, until next season. So obviously they have that on their mind. They'll say they don't. But, you know, that that's an ongoing negotiation, which we're not privy to any of those conversations. But from a competitor standpoint, those two guys trying to emerge and capture minutes, I'm sure they both want to be starters. That's going to be a fun battle, isn't it? That battle in the middle between Bamba and Carter, both coming out of the same draft. One was six, one was seven. I mean, that, that's only going to help the way those two guys push each other, isn't it? I think so. I, I, I actually do. I, again, to, to David's point, I was impressed with Mo last night. You know, the, the biggest thing is, um, yeah, I think uh, maybe uh, going into the offseason, 
Um, we talked a little bit about each guy, and I, I think I made the point that Mo's got to work on his his conditioning is, yeah. is something that he's got to come in in great shape. And, and I'll tell you, I, I, he was changing ends pretty quickly, doing a good job. We've seen it in training the camp a little bit. Um, you know, Wendell just has more experience, right? Like he's, right. Uh, you know, from a when he started playing basketball, the coaching he got and everything, I think he's a little front ahead from the, on the game of, uh, from an experience standpoint. But there's, you know, if, if Mo can play with that kind of energy, with his size and length, um, you know, the ability to change shots, four-block shots uh, in the game against Boston, um, you know, really doing some good things, going after uh, rebounds out of, you know, there weren't rebounds that were just right in his space. He was yep. going and getting them. Um, you know, I think the coaching staff is really doing a good job of really being very positive with him. Um, you notice that with Jamal and Nate Tibbetts always, you know, pointing out anytime he does something good, I think he, he needs that and um, it's yeah. working. Um, but you're right. In the, at the end of the day, they're you know, both looking for a contract extension. It is a competition uh, for minutes between the two of them. And, and, you know, for all of us, we hope that makes them sharper, right? Yeah. That competitive edge um, makes them sharper and they bring it to the game every night. And, you know, the team benefits, they benefit. Uh, and obviously we as, as fans uh, watching the games, we benefit too. Wouldn't it be great if they could both stay healthy for an entire yes. season? Because that's Correct. been a major issue for yeah. both of them. So I think yeah. that is going to be a big factor as well. Can both of those players, you know, not 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 play injury free? We, we understand there's going to be nicks and, you know, there's going to be nights when maybe a guy can't go. But significant injuries, we just really need to stay away from that for those two guys in particular, but for the whole team, right? We had our share. Yeah, we had more right. our share last year. Well, and that's the last thing I, I had. And, George, maybe you can shed some light on this. But really, it feels like it's going to be a tale of two seasons. You're going to have the start of the season with the young guys. And then at some point, you're going to get Markell and Jonathan Isaac back. And then what does this team look like with those guys back? And, then, and again, they may not be fully themselves until some point next season even. Who knows? But uh, just at this point, George, we're just hoping for no setbacks, right? We still don't have timetables, and we're just – how do those guys look and how are their spirits? Yeah, there's no timetable on uh, on either of them, but I, let's be honest, they look great I, for where they are yeah. in their rehab process. Um, they, they've had no setbacks. Uh, Markel and Jonathan have both been out there doing what, you know, what they're allowed to do by the medical staff. Um, and knock on wood, everything has been going to plan so far. I think the one thing that fans and everybody have to remember is, you know, Markel tore his ACL in January. So we're only in October. So we're still, you know, we're still 10 months off of that injury. Typically those injuries take, you know, about a year uh, for you to get back on the court. So I think or you know, six months, if you're Jeff Turner, well, you know, JT's built different. I, well, let's, let's be honest. He's just built, just built different. That's when they use bailing wire and duct tape. <laughs> a couple of staples and, uh, and, and a That's cigarette right. and a cigarette. But uh, you know, so I, you know, we're still, I think if he, if he, if he you know, a little whiskey to dead. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Deal, it's fine. Just give him a little, a little Robitussin and some whiskey. It'll be fine. No, no problem. 
you know, so, so, you know, I think we're still, you know, if we can keep the timeline in mind for both of them, you know, like Markel is still 10 months into his injury and even, even Jonathan, I know everybody can look and say, well, heck he, he's, he, he did his knee injury in August of 20, but what you got to remember is that was only his second or third, it might've been his second game or his third game coming off of missing nine yeah. months on top of that. So like there's, there, there's really, he's almost at a two year gap where he hasn't played any games. So I think everybody just has to be patient, really patient and realize that the full timeline on these guys on when they're going to come back, all that being said, and JT and David and you Dante, you've, you've seen them doing what they're yeah. allowed to do in workouts. Um, they're, they're both doing well. Uh, they're both progressing exactly how the, the medical team wants them to progress. I think Markel is chomping at the bit to maybe let the leash get pulled off of him a little bit. And I don't mm-hmm. know what that's going to entail. I don't know how long that leash is or short that leash is. Um, but I, you know, those are the kind of the barometers in my head when I look at, well, when can these, when can we maybe expect these guys to come back? Um, I think you have to keep all of those things in mind, despite, you know, the timeline with Markel getting hurt in January and, and Jonathan, I mean, almost missing essentially two years, uh, you know, because of the time missed before right. and, and, and the trauma that that caused. Uh, so, you know, knock on wood, we'll see these guys, you know, hopefully soon. And you're right. I think that will change what the team looks like uh, whenever those guys are back. Obviously it pushes a couple of guys back down the order a little bit. Sure. It gets these guys on the floor, but that's a good thing, right? Because you can never have enough talent. You can never have enough players. And, and we know how this is going to work. Somebody at some point is going to go down and you need somebody to step up. Right. So, you know, knock on wood, hopefully all these guys will stay healthy by the time Jonathan and Markel can come back. And, and then we really have all the ammo that, uh, that we're supplied with. And there's one other injured player we haven't mentioned, Chuma oh, Okiki, yeah. who who right. is close. And we expect to, to see much sooner than right. Markel and Jonathan. And I thought Franz Wagner did a good job. I, I think what you see with Franz is he's not going to hurt you. He, he is he's solid. You know, he makes the right basketball play. That's what we've heard about him. That's what we saw last night on a big stage against a high quality NBA team. So, you know, I, I feel really good about Franz, too, as, as a player going forward. And Mo Wagner played that four spot pretty well too. So you've got Franz, you got Mo, you got the Wagner brothers, and you've got Okiki coming back from injury, and Jonathan Isaac at some point coming back from injury. And all of a right. sudden, you've got some depth at that position. And MCW of, as well. Being, you have MCW yeah. that I also forgot. Um, yep. You know, yeah. these are all guys that at some point will they'll be back for us. They mm-hmm. will be back. So all I ever wanted my high school coach to say is Dante won't hurt us. That's all I ever want. I didn't want anything. <laughs> we can put him in. All right. All right. Last thing. First meal on the road was Sailoft. Was it Sailoft? Did you go to Sailoft in Boston? No, they threw us a curveball, didn't they, JT? Yeah. They, we're, we're, a little, we're a little further away now. It's a new hotel. And so. Um, new we, area we, of Boston. Yeah. yeah. Where was it? Where were you guys staying? South Boston. We're down South near um, near Fenway, Fenway Park. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fenway All right. Park. Home you of the greatest area, baseball Dante. team. Ever. So you went and just got a Fenway a Fenway Frank and called it a day. So we had yeah. we had a lobster roll for lunch. Um, oh, that's a good choice. Lobster, right? lobster, lobster, lobster on a roll. That's where we went. Cup of chowder. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. We did okay. Uh, we we managed. How are you? Well, you guys got it. All right. You've never seen a man so happy. Now think about David Steele. 
right, hated right, right, doing right. the broadcast, you know, right, uh, right. Uh, for remotely. So excited to be. We had a great game. It was a good broadcast. We get to the airport. I'm, I get on the plane before David, and the first thing the guy says to me is like, would you like a cup of chowder? And I said, yes. I said, no way. I said, there's a guy going to be walking down the hall, the, you know, through the plane. I said, when you say that to him, I want you to see how excited he gets. Uh, Guy says, sir, would you like a chowder? And David was like, chowder? Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than this. You should have recorded that. We should have had that that on tape. That is amazing. So the backstory. The backstory is it's kind of a joke uh, among all of us. I've been That's asking awesome. for soup. I've been asking for soup on the plane for how many? Ten years? Fifteen 20, years? Uh, 20, we just 20, a, Twenty-four years? Can we just get a cup of soup? You know they have all this stuff, and I, all I want is just you know a nice. It's late. You don't want to eat. I don't want to eat heavy food. Just a cup of soup, even if it's just no. beef broth. Just bring me a cup of soup. So here we go. Why that hasn't been an option? Can't imagine. And, and we had, one, it's we about the worst thing you could serve on a plane. And number two, uh, I think it'd be soup for just one, wouldn't it? Was he? I guess. Jeff, Everybody was he was singing? Chowder, though. Everybody going was down the road. Dante. Going down the runway was David. No, I bet. So, no, I bet chowder's so the cups, chowder's Dante, George, the cups were really small, right? So okay. the, the you know the flight attendant comes back and says, "Sir, would you like some more?" David was like, absolutely. And so they <laughs> yeah, give another one. And then he comes back with another little thing. And I saw David's like, yeah, yeah, why not? I'll have another one. So he had three small, but it, it was they were, probably they were the, each about a tablespoon oh, each. You, know? you don't want to eat too much, Dante, on the plane. You don't want to eat too much. It's late no. at night. You don't need too no. much. I'll just have three bowls of chowder. No big I'll deal. Just have three chowder bowls. Oh, that is tiny fantastic. cups. They were tiny cups. Tiny cups. <laughs> I imagine the plane going down the runway and David was singing like Tommy Boy. Blue Moon on Kentucky. Keep on. <laughs> so happy to be back on the road again. Oh, the happy guy. And then four hours later, it's uh, we're still not in the hotel. I'm not that happy. But the, the chatter was great. Then Neil, did, did Neil oh, Young come cool. out on the bus? Did Neil Young make an appearance because it was it's 3 a.m.? No, it's too early. Still on. Too early. It's too early, early for Neil Young. Yeah. David will do That's that. January, David can do February. It. <laughs> we'll work that in. All right, guys, this was great. It was great to hear you last night. It was great to have you back out on the road, and, and we're glad we're back at it, and we look forward to seeing you here soon. Good luck Wednesday against the Pelicans, and then we're back home, our first telecast on Sunday against San Antonio. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Sounds great. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We'll be back next week with Magic General Manager John Hammond. We'll see you then.